When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Power up your smile with Colgate Pro Clinical Charcoal Power Toothbrush from Chemist Warehouse. Now only $29.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast, brought to you by Westbury Start. It's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury. And the lads, they're there. They're in Auckland, Tamaki Makoto. They're at the Caracas Sales, and they're ready to rip into a big show. Just a quick shout-out to you up there in Tamaki Makoto, Auckland. Hope you're doing okay. Tough old weekend to boot, and uh, there's been a lot of damage and uh, people that are hugely affected over the weekend. So take care of yourself. And on that, stay tuned for the next three hours. The lads will bring you all the action from Caracas, and we'll get an update. What's going on over the weekend and what's coming up today? Quick big morning to you boys. Louis Hermanwatt and Tony Kemp. Uncle Kempy there at Caracas. How you doing, lads? Morning, 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 Izzy. Yep, we're doing all right. We actually made it out here. Uh, Lou Dog driving out here in his uh, his souped-up V8 Barina. Um, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a nice yes. little click, he was travelling along at 80 k's. I tell you what, I've never been in a car feeling any much safer than a bloke uh, than I have this morning with Louis Herman. What he would made sure we got here in one piece, even even after spinning out on my corner, mate. I don't know how he done that, getting to pick me up. So. Uh, be careful out there. You're dead right, man. It's been a uh, one hell of a weekend up here, Izzy. Well, you've been down cruising around on uh, on the lake down the west coast. Well, we've been Some creating bit. lakes of our own up here in Auckland, all over Tamaki. It's a lake. It's the biggest lake, mate. We got we got people. What do, what do you call that? Kite surfing on the domain was one of the one of the most hilarious things that I've seen. Um, and all sorts of people swimming around in puddles. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'll tell you what, they reckon it's coming down today. I feel really sorry for the people um, that are struggling with their homes um, and, and through the weekend with that rain. But it doesn't look like it's going away, is it? It doesn't look like it's going away. But we're here today out at Karaka to bring you the show, the sales. Uh, they're back on after three years um, dealing it 
uh, to COVID, and we've got some plenty, um, plenty of good horses going through. Some some good ones yesterday, and interesting to see through uh, Chris Waller picking up a Tarzino for two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. So Tarzinos, we'll be talking to Westbury Stud later on. We'll see how they're tracking so far through the sale. So big show, is he? Big show coming up. Beautiful, mate. I look forward to, to seeing what's happened over the weekend. Yeah, plenty of big sales. But Louis McRae, talk me through this morning. What happened on this corner? <laughs> yeah, no, Kimby's right. I took a, I took a long time. Well, I did, we didn't take a long time. It's actually not that far away, Karaka. It's, uh, we're surprised here. So we were, but we were going, oh, man, I was I was be lucky to hit 90 on the motorway, mate. I wasn't taking any risks in the barina, not with the precious cargo of Tony Kemp, because the, the reality is... Um, these roads and, and what's happened through Auckland it is absolutely sketchy and you've seen on Friday on Saturday morning there were so many cars that were just left dumped on the side of the road so I was hyper aware of uh, puddles but seriously going through Ponsonby I um, I just went around a, a corner probably no faster than 35 kilometres just around the corner from Kempe's house and the uh, barina just little little Oh, just a little spit Wow. Spiders. Holdens, they like doing that. I reckon I reckon there must have been a patch of oil. So I checked, got out, checked to see if there's any flat tyres. No, carry on. No drama after that. So, yeah, but it, it's kind of like that. There's just so much debris and um, it's been carnage. Was I don't it, know if you saw it. Sorry, Izzy. Was it a little bit of water on the surface? You know how you get that like, yeah, kind of planing surface water. across the top? Yeah. And it's it like must a little jet ski, that barina. Yeah, it is. It just, it usually just goes on top of it, just like Arlo on water skis. <laughs> be lucky to be 30 kgs. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, just take care of yourselves, eh? Because obviously just I can't, I just can't believe the, the images I'm seeing when I'm down here, down deep south, and you're looking up top, and you're just seeing all the amounts of water that's coming through and... The, the little creeks that are just overflowing, the houses that have been flooded. Oh, man, it's it's, it's just mind-boggling, really. Um, but you, you would have seen some a few a few images around the around the city. Can you just give us a little talk, a little lead into some of the some of the damage that's taken place? Obviously, um, there's plenty been happening on the news. But your personal experiences, you boys, okay, or you've seen some pretty horrific things? Yeah, there's pl- there's plenty going on. Like I'm I'm in I'm in the city, and Louis was part of it, being in a, a, the studio on Saturday, being flooded out. So he can talk a little bit about that. But just around the area that I am, mate, like the people people just you know their garages being absolutely demolished. Um, you know the the water basically going up halfway up their houses. Never seen anything like it before. I think the records come out like 1986 was the last time. They had this much rain, but the records have been absolutely smashed. West Auckland, I knew as soon as the rain started coming down, I, I said to Jay, you know, West Auckland's going to be hit the hardest. Um, they basically underwater, absolutely underwater. Kumu, um, there's a low line, there's a low line river that runs right through the middle of town there. That was that was, uh, yeah, you couldn't get through. Um, they're just building a, a a new cafe out there called Carriages. That's totally underwater. Um, so yeah, it's it's really it's really devastating uh, up here in Auckland what's actually happened. Uh, in South Auckland, I was watching the news last night. Houses being lifted, so the water getting right underneath them, and then actually lifting them out of the ground on their foundations a couple of metres. So I'd say there's going to be a lot of uh, damage that I was saying to Louis this morning. A lot of damage that we haven't seen. 
which is under the ground. And uh, yeah, we're a bit worried about our roading system, our infrastructure system at the moment. We'll see what what's coming up over the next few weeks with that. But uh, the 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 horror part of it is that apparently it's meant to all happen again today. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty brutal, is he? Like the Parnell downtown city. You know when, like, the <laughs> that intersection down the bottom of the town where there's that white hotel on the corner just on Stanley Street there, um, it was like the windows were shattered because the water was that high. And it, it was, and that's not even the worst of it, as can be said, out west. And, and Puhoi, I've got friends that live in Puhoi, and Puhoi just mud bath, like, demolished. So it's pretty, um, like, it's pretty harrowing stuff. And, and you remember it, mate. I remember it. The earthquakes, like, waking up, and going for a, you know, going to shovel silt the days after the earthquakes, there was that, like, real, like, just feeling of hollow devastation. It wasn't quite that bad, like, naturally, the, the impact wasn't that bad, but people, seeing people on the road with brooms, trying to get cars out of gutters, all that stuff, it honestly gave me a bit of, gave me some flashbacks to that. That's kind of, that's kind of the closest thing I've felt, um, widespread damage from a natural disaster, so... Um, and and yeah, you just you just it just there's nothing worse than being displaced. There's nothing worse than not being able to go home, right? Yeah, for sure. And just seeing stories of, of people on the buses as well, and with their little kids, and the, and the water's halfway up the bus, and these buses are trying to drive through, and then they're getting washed away. Look, I just yeah, from watching, I was pretty devastated and seeing what what has gone on in, in the beautiful city of Auckland. So if you're up there, we hope you're doing okay and um, some normality. Uh, comes to us right now, and the, and the water recedes. Is the water receding, lads? Thunder yeah, it away? is. Yeah, it is. There's, uh, I went for a big walk yesterday around town just to have a look at some of the damage down down through the city and that, and uh, it, it's working. It's just one of the things that's really evident is that our infrastructure system, especially when we get that much rain, can't handle it. So um, it might be receding now, but people are sitting there um, bated breath, mate, waiting for the next downpour to come. So... Uh, I thought it'd be here by now, but um, hopefully that, what they call it, an atmospheric river that's travelling around upstairs is just like dumping straight down on Tamaki. It's coming through the North Island again today. Um, yeah, I'm fingers crossed that it misses us this time. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it passes and we don't have any more disaster happening up there in Auckland. And Yep, I was in uh, the beautiful Lake Brunnies uh, over the weekend. It was cracking weather. 28, 29 degrees every single day. Sorry to rub it in, but just had to let you know about the weather. And yesterday I was driving home, and uh, we're only about five cars behind a, a motorcycle accident. Um, hopefully, I haven't heard an update on, on the lady that was uh, dri- riding the, the motorcycle, but it was pretty serious. Um, so we left at 1. We didn't get home to about 8.30 for a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour travel. So... Uh, we're stuck in, in the middle of the Arthur's Pass Gorge. If you've ever driven that track, you've mm. got that uh, going down through Arthur's Pass before you get to, to the flats. There's that little overhanging tunnel with the overhanging waterfall. We're yep. just past that, and uh, we're stuck in the gorge for five hours with uh, two young kids losing the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can, I can imagine. Spoke to Louis. Spoke to Louis last night. He said, well, if I ever needed a contraceptive, that would be it. But in a nutshell, <laughs> that's the only way, mate. Five hours or two, because they're actually bloody good, to be completely honest. Um, it, it was a bit of an uh, interesting watch. Like The helicopter flew in. I've got so much appreciation for these roadside paramedics, these heli paramedics that come in through. Like, they had to land on this road in between these big bushes. Like, the wind's 
the thing with helicopters is the wind is a huge factor. It could blow your left, right, whatever, and these helicopter pilots just flying in and landing and, and getting the job done. So it was a, it was a bit of... Bit of experience yesterday driving home. We got home safe, um, but yeah, take care of yourselves, lads. And, and you would have thought, I know we're at Cracker today, and there's a big weekend of sales that have already taken place, and I was just doing some reading. You, you'd think maybe with the flooding, maybe with what's going on, that didn't stop anyone. Day one aggregate of sales compared to previous years was tw- this year, 22.5 million. 22.5 million, day one last year, 20 million, day one in 2021, 17, and 2020, 21. So they've come out and they've spent plenty, lads. Are they expecting the same today? Oh, yeah. We are. I'm just, I checked the, I checked the books yesterday. I watched a few go through. Um, really, obviously, interested in Tarzino because our, our mayor, Cinerama's, um, has, has a Tarzino are coming our way so they were they were going they were hot hot yesterday um so you think i had a look for you is he so you think was probably one of the biggest sellers yesterday they were going for good money real good money so uh, it's really good to see alu that uh, the people have come back here to to karaka to the sales they've been closed down for three years they've got signs up welcome back um the kitchen's going hard out at the moment they, they reckon they're just you know, there's that much food going through the joint. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they'll bring us out of breakfast later. Yeah, if we say it loud enough, um, or at least a little <laughs> flat white. Um, but it's, it is like they can't catch a break, is he? Like, yes, it's so good to have people back, but so many flights from Australia couldn't get in on Saturday morning, or oh. because of the weather. So the people diverted to Australia. A couple of trainers just didn't really know what to do, so we're back to Australia. But yesterday, I couldn't believe how wet it was. But it didn't stop people. As, as you pointed out, the aggregate was up. But how's this from the median? This is Andrew Seabrook. It increased from $110,000 in 2022. This is the, the day one median uh, to $150,000. So that's a huge result. And that's that middle market, which really carries a sale. The top end of the market, it was Savabell Shock that was doing the work. Uh, lot 59 out of Windsor Park, the Savabell Colt out of Bayrock, snapped down for $625,000 to David Ellis. So we can talk, talk to DC about that when you have him on the show a little bit later on. And uh, that was a, a beautiful cult. He, he and Dave said that he was as good as a cult that there is at the sale. Mm. And then Andrew Forsman, Andy Williams and Bevan Smith, they knocked down lot 97, which was a Savabield filly out of Chiaretta who could run for 600000 and the underbidder on that one was DC Ellis. So a couple of good judges there. Ooh, a couple of good judges there for sure. Talk me through a huge announcement over the weekend, the Cracker Sir Patrick Hogan Auditorium. I know both of you would know, uh, have met Sir Patrick Hogan and the impact he's had on the equine industry. I wasn't lucky enough to meet him, but this is a huge moment for him and his family. What does this mean? You know, like, tell us about Sir Patrick Hogan, lads. Oh, well, I remember the first time I ever came out here to sales here, and Alan, he leans over to me and he goes, oh, you know who that guy over there is? And I went, where? And he goes, that guy over there with the stubbies on. And uh, I, just, I went, <laughs> no. And he goes, it's Patrick Hogan. And I was like, no way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Expecting Patrick Hogan to walk out and all the bling and a suit and stuff like that. <laughs> but what it means is that the people in the racing uh, industry have not forgotten what that man was all about and has put, put his name up in light so that um, they're here for a long time to, 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 to sort of reminisce on little stories like 
who Patrick Hogan really was or what he meant to people. So uh, to see his name up in, in there in big, bold, um, I guess, behind where they were actually holding the auction yesterday was really a really nice touch. Yeah, he is he like he pointed out, he's a legend. It, it could not have been more appropriate. Just yeah. New Zealand breeding, New Zealand racing would not be what it is without Sir Patrick Hogan. There's no other way to put it. He was a trailblazer. He is a legend. And he's left a ginormous hole in the industry. But, you know, Cambridge stud, the flag is being taken on. The torch is being taken on by Brendan and Joe Lindsay, who have invested a hell of a lot. They've got that museum down there. If anyone's in Cambridge, I'd highly recommend you go and stop in at the Cambridge stud historical museum that they've poured, well, I would suggest millions into and that continues the legacy and now to have his name immortalised in the uh, auditorium here which is just about what was that Kempi what's that that's a uh, uh, 20 metres that's an 20, 20 metres to the auctioneer it's 10 metres to the really? go and poke over and watch the like we can actually we're sitting re- we've got a real good spot we're sitting right in the outside parade ring we see the horses walk through through the doors and we can if we want to go and put a hand up is he how, how much can I go to today <laughs> <laughs> you calm down. You calm yeah, down. Don't you be silly. Izzy Dag. Izzy Dag is in the building. I've got your paddle. We're ready to go. Hey, relax, relax. Just, just on that, lads. If anyone wants to come down to Caracas Sales and have a wee look around, just quickly, what can they experience and what time's it all kicking off? Uh, the selling starts just before 11, so I think it's about 10.30 or 10.45. Um, what can they experience? Well, it's world famous for its hospitality. I've, uh, I've got some jobs to do, so I very intentionally drove myself here today. So I have to go home. Shannon, I'm coming Beautiful. home. Uh, but Great I also making, I, I drove Kimpy here so he can go and have a couple of Termi Loosner IPAs at the uh, Windsor Park tent. Maybe 100%. A, a couple of Tazino Ales at the... Uh, yeah, <laughs> and of course there's a few mates up here too, is he? So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get around. We'll talk to a few of the trainers, a few of the owners. Uh, but we've got a big show coming up to uh, after 7 o'clock. We're going to go and talk some tennis. Aussie Open uh, with David Mustard about that. Novak's 10th Aussie Open win. Is he the greatest player ever? Uh, we'll find out from uh, Dave Mustard. That's at seven. Then after eight, we'll catch up with Mike Moroni. He's here to look uh, at some of the young'uns and see whether or not he can find another Melbourne Cup winner. Uh, after eight, we'll stay with Racine and we'll talk to a good friend of ours, Russell Warwick from Westbury Stud, and we'll get some bully on the Tarzinos that went through yesterday. Like I said, lot 115 snapped up by your man, Chris Waller, for for. It must be just a, a pocket money for him. 250k, how good. And we'll close the show off talking to the great DC, David Ellis of Tauka Stud, to see how things are going, finding the next Karaka Millions champion. He might have bought it yesterday. 625 <laughs> smackers. I wonder who's going to be in that syndicate. You going to put your hand up, Is? No, 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 no. One and done, lads. One and done. Don't be silly. Just got to ease into this great game. Love it, Kempi. Big, big show. And no doubt there'll be plenty of cracker chat live from the Westbury stud with Tarzino. And the lads will be well looked after today. But it's 20 pa- 21 past six, and it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Well, it's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury, and it's all about racing and buying racehorses with us today because we're live at the Karaka Sales Complex, Daggy. So I've got one for you. Mm. And I know you went through this. Kempe's experienced it many a time. <laughs> you know, the age-old question, 
is just asked me, named after the Philadelphia <laughs> lawyer, a.k.a. the big boss of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, Bruce Sharrett. Of course it is. Or is it named after former Kiwi Warriors coach Tony Kemp? Uh, we'll never really get to the bottom of that one. One of racing's great thrills is naming your racehorse. Send in your dream name for a racehorse to double eight double three or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven the Kennard Tire phone line. Your dream name for your racehorse. What's the? You've always thought about it. Maybe you've already named your horse this. What is it? And bonus points if you can incorporate some breeding of the uh, twenty twenty three sires or brew oh, beers from dirty. the sales this year. So bonus points if you can do that and be current. But what's the best name for a horse? What's the name you've always wanted to lob out there? Is he? Oh, that's a goodie. That is a good. I've only ever had, ever had to think about this once. Um, I went through a couple of good ones, but obviously they've got to have, um, they've got to be available. Many of the good ones are taken already, so that's always a a barrier to get, a hurdle to overcome. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Double eight double three on the temper bedpost text machine, or even better, give us a call. We want to hear from you this morning. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We'll come back and see where the lads are heading. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Oh, welcome back. Everyone's on flying form this morning. Can't wait. Question of the day. One of racing's great thrills is naming your race or send in your dream race name uh, for your racers. And bonus point, point, points if you incorporate the breeding of some 2023 size and dams from Karaka. 2023 and some great ones have come through. I'll just read a couple here, lads. There's one that is spelled F-A-R-Q. And I won't say it, but you know. <laughs> the maths is that. Brad, Brad's come through. Brad has come through and said Izzy would call one Lee's. Brad. There you go. He's Doesn't take you long to have a little dagger. Crack. What about <laughs> Lee's me? Lee's me. Ooh, something like or Neeless. Neeless. Something like that. You don't want to name your horse Neeless, otherwise it won't, it'll be runless as well and be poor be horrible but there's plenty covered through anyone any names that spring to mind for you lads oh mate I've, it, actually i've got a name one so we've got uh we've got a darren that's about to jump on the i think it was around the 16th of february so we've got to get a name it's out still unnamed uh <laughs> yeah at the moment <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah watch the space Lou. we've got to name them what sounds like watch the tote to me Jeez. <laughs> no no public trials jump outs or <laughs> your record of this horse until uh, one day know, it opens it opens at 25 dollars at tara nico <laughs> Uh, yeah, the whisperer. Hey, um, I reckon the, some of the best ones we've thought of throughout the, the time we've been on here is here is that day. Remember that day we came across the greatest. If we, we next time you buy a horse, as in today, or when you get involved with David Alice's six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars Savabil colt, Savadag or Dagabil. Um, <laughs> so, so they were a couple of good ones. And if and if when Whisperer Stud um, put through some of their stallion, their progeny through the the ring today. You know, you've got your reliable man, so we could be the reliable dag, um, or the owl rocker, so we could have an owl dagger, or <laughs> redwood, we could have a red dag, <laughs> or a Swiss ace, I st- I Swiss st- dag. I still think the best one is seven dag. Seven dag. Seven dag. Dagger bill. They're good, man. Dagger bills. And, those two are the best. That's best gold, eh? Yeah, they are. Dagger bill. Louis, you, <laughs> you must have one. You must have one. Out? 
you must have one that your great filly was going to be named, or did you have no chance? But you, you, you love the horse. You got one that you just, or you just holding no. it tight. You can hold I, it tight. I, I, I do have one. We're about to name a. Um, we have a filly actually, a flying arty filly, um, with some good people, and Shannon actually got to name it. So that was very kind of the uh, majority owners said, Shannon, you can name it. Um, lots of the funny thing about horse names is people, lots of people want them to be seven letters. So that was the prerequisite, uh, seven letters and something to do with a flying arty. And Shannon came up with a name, but I don't want to say it because somebody will go and snake it before we, before we take it. No, I'll tell Perfect. you who's off here. Okay. Love it. Send it through on the WhatsApp. Uh, just quickly before nice. we shoot off. Morning, boys. I only think Kempy is old enough to remember this. The Wacky Races cartoon yeah, show it when well. it was on. Like, <laughs> I like the Ant Hill Mob. A pack of old-fashioned mobsters always thought the Ant Hill Mob was one name would be cool. That is from Mark. So you'd know that one there, Kempy. We'll, uh, we'll come back and we'll get your reaction. Another one, bank account or drainage. Because it's always draining them. <laughs> it's always draining our bank accounts. We'll come back, get your reaction, Kempi. Keep them coming through, double eight, double three. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Building and shaping the future. It's Izzy and Kempi live from New Zealand Bloodstock, the Karaka Complex, here with Westbury Stud this morning. And, yeah, they had a couple of lovely Tarzinos go through the ring yesterday, snapped up by some very good judges as well. So we can talk Tarzino, we can talk Karaka sales all morning long. If you're out here and you're on your way, come say day to us. We're up in the Tullock Cafe. We're probably due for a flat white, and um, <laughs> that's a flat white, and, and a, another small big bricky. So we'll deal with that in due course. But time to get some sports headlines at six thirty first thing in the morning. And the first thing I need to tell you. With Bunnings Trade helping businesses, our trade we're here to make your job easier, is that the Black Caps have gone down the last ball thriller. Aroha is exactly right. Now, this is an interesting game. Uh, wow. 99 for 8. That's mm. what we were. Very low scoring. Well, and steamrolled. Oh, 100%. And we've won, hey, we also we won the first T20 as well. So they got a much-needed win for confidence, did the Black Caps. But honestly, the India took their sweet time chasing this. The top scorer was the captain, Mitch Santner, in our innings, 19 off 23. And then the top scorer in India's innings was uh, Sky Yadav, 26 off 31. So that's all you need to know about that pitch. Very tricky. So that's the latest from the Black Caps. And uh, at Melbourne Park last night, well, we do we want to get ourselves embroiled in a goat discussion? There's Djokovic will land the serve down the middle. Forehand, three-quarter ball there from Pass. And now Djokovic goes with the backhand cross court. Cross court backhand, Sensi Pass. Forehand up the line. It gets uh, him stretching here. Sensi Pass over the baseline. Novak Djokovic. He cannot be beaten. He's done it tough tonight. A worthy opponent who stretched him in two tie breaks. But Novak Djokovic has become even greater than he was. If that's even possible, 10 Australian Opens, is he? So, uh, look, I know you've been following his career for a long time. That is about as special as it gets. That is special. That is very, very special. And he did it effortlessly. And, well, Tsitsipas come out and said, he is the GOAT. He is the greatest. And as someone that has faced them on many occasions, has probably faced the big three plenty of times, that's a hell of a statement. I, I guess it comes down to all courts, really. You think of... Uh, Nadal, king and clay, no doubt. Best on clay, best ever there will ever be on the clay surface. 
But when you look at the other two, you got Roger Federer and you got Novak Djokovic. They did it on all clays. Nadal did it as well on on, on all clays. But you got to go when you face when you plant on different surfaces and different arenas around the world. I think that's where the debate goes down to. And it'll be I reckon it's between Federer and uh, Novak. And I think Novak's just snuck in front now. Federer is obviously retired and finished, so he'll always go down as one of the greatest. But Novak, I think, has just really stamped his mark. And he doesn't look like he's slowing down as well, man. He is still flying. He was $1.85 at the start of this tournament, so the pundits knew that he was going to get the job done. So if you want a nice little double-up, you go on Novak. But I think that's what it comes down to, eh, lads? Like, the clays, the the era, obviously different era, but it's all, all about the surfaces. The surfaces and their impact on all surfaces and I think Novak, for me, probably just sneaks in front of Federer. Mm. And and three very, very good tennis players. How, how do you feel when you've got, you know, Djokovic, uh, Federer and Ra- and Rafa there um, all fighting it out to be the, the GOAT? You know, how, how lucky are the, the, the pundits when they, they know they can turn their tally on or if they're going to watch a... A, a, one of the Grand Slams, they get to see one of those three play in the, in the same era. It's just unbelievable, mate. So, look, I, I could I couldn't separate them. I couldn't separate those three. I think you got you you open up the debate, like you said. Is he? Is it about surface? Is it about their forehand, their backhand? Like who's best around court? Who's got the best serve? Uh, I just you know, I'm just happy that you 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 get to watch three of the greats <laughs> that have ever been around. Oh, the greats for you, Louis. You don't obviously have a real keen eye on, on this. It's, it's it's a debate that can go on forever, and many people have their own opinions and their own reasons why. But um, yeah, and if you do, let us know. Double eight, double three. Who is the goat in tennis in your eyes, and why? We want to hear from you, Louis. I just think it's becoming harder and harder to make arguments mm. for Rafa and Roger. Like in my heart, I want it to be Roger. Um, in my in, in my head, I don't think it is anymore, and I just think that it, it's kind of going to become an irrelevant conversation because Novak's going to keep going. Rafa might be able to ha- hang in there and um, win a couple more French Opens, and I would expect him to do that. But barring any more global pandemics and interesting takes on vaccines, um, Novak will go down as you go. I think. Oh, he is. He's only. He's only young. He's yeah. young. He's at wow. He's not young, young, but he looks young. He's 35 years of age, and he's vegan. Still looks like he's got plenty <laughs> juice, and maybe that's <laughs> what we're putting into our bodies. I had to retire at a, a young old age of 30. Maybe I shouldn't eat those lamb chops up there in Gizzy. But no, want to hear from you. Double eight, double three. This is the debate that can go on, and, and everyone loves throwing out the goat debate. And uh, there'll be reasonings why and and for who you fa- oh, I'm I'm Roger Fed a friend. Fed I'm Fed Express all day. Fed is the one and only uh, a man in my eyes. But Novak is just showing no signs of slowing down. Awesome. Well done, Novak and Sevalenka winning the women's side as well. After seven, we'll be talking all things tennis. But coming up, we got Quizzy Dag. It's time for your chance to win a fifty dollar TAB bonus bet. Come on over, take on the Quizmaster. Kempi's got some beauty clues for you. 0800-150-811. Call now. This is how you do it. Quizzy, they can play it. 
This is how we do it. Quizzy that can play it. Quizzes on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that can play it. Quizzy that can play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, give us a call. I know you're up and about, ready to rip into your Monday morning. 0800 150 $50 TAB bonus bet. We ain't giving them away. It's a difficult quiz. So give us a call. And first up, we've got my good friend who was there in Christchurch on Friday at the longest run. Timmy, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. Yeah, mate, yeah, it was uh, pretty cool, actually, after only waddling around a few laps. <laughs> <laughs> Least you waddled around, mate. I went there and signed a few autographs, and that was about it for, for Dagger. <laughs> but, uh, mate, what a day out. What a day out. Congratulations to yeah, everyone awesome. involved raising money for Child Cancer Foundation. And with Suzo Rod, Kieran Reid was running around. He's like, come on, Daggy. Well, Daggy didn't have the right footwear on. He had his Crocs. You know, I should have chucked them in speed mode, sports mode, and, and had a wee trot around. But a good day out at about 28 degrees. Good luck, Timmy. Here we go, mate. Question number one. Both the New Zealand seven sides managed to, to win their respective tournaments yesterday. And what city was it held? Sydney. Sydney is correct. A nice, easy one. Yeah, well done. Both teams. Women's side, they look like slowing down. Back-to-back tournaments. How good. Question number two. The NFL Conference Championships get underway later this morning. Name any two teams competing. Um, uh, the Bengals are, you mean competing against each other? Just name two of the teams that are competing. Oh, the Eagles and the Bengals. Eagles, Bengals. you got the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well done. Question, question number three. Who did Novak Djokovic defeat to claim his 10th Australian Open title? Sitsipas. Stefano Sitsipas. Well done. Nice and easy for you. 0800-150-811. Quizmaster, if you give us a call now, I'll chuck you in it too, because I don't know if Tim will get this one. The English Premier League top four is currently Arsenal, Manchester City, Manchester United, and what other side? Newcastle. Oh, oh. Nailed it. Yeah, banged it right on the nose. Well done. Well done. Can he go all the way? Timmy Five. from Christchurch. Five. Here he is. The Black Caps posted 99 for 8 from their 20 overs in the second T20 against India. Who top scored for the Black Caps? Mitchell Senna. Pfeiffer. Ah! <laughs> Straight down the barrel. Have you got us a little horse name? Something you'd love to call your horse before we shoot off, mate. Oh, horse name. Uh, the Rampant Amigo. <laughs> the Rampant Amigo. Is there a reason why? Yeah, so there's a little bit of history behind the Amigo thing. Um, but, yeah, like if, yeah, we used to 
live in a, in a place called uh, the Amigo Mansion, and, and and we had a club called Club Amigo, so we've always tried to name things after Amigos. So uh, if I had a boat, I'd call it the Moist Amigo, but... <laughs> <laughs> we won't ask why. <laughs> we won't ask why. Any any radio worthy stories, or should we just cut you off right now? Yeah, yeah, you should definitely hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, Timmy from Christchurch, going bang with five straight. The quiz master got pumped. Well done, Tim. Good luck with that fifty dollars TAB bonus bet coming your way, brother. Have a good day. There he is. Timmy from Christchurch, and just quickly before we shoot off, hi guys, race the horse called I'm Out of Here by dr- <laughs> drama critic from the Brazilian, from the Brazilian. Also another from same year called Running Smooth. Cheers, both in the stud book. <laughs> oh, everyone's nice. on a heater today. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a cryptic one. You just got to dig a little bit deeper. Take a little bit deeper. <laughs> love it. Love it. Keep those names coming through. There's plenty there. And uh, I've got one here for you. Yeah, I wanted to call our horse, Pango, obviously a black colt out of So You Think. We wanted to call it Zorro, but Zorro was taken. And that's how we come up with Pango. My wife actually named it. So, Louis, I think we've just got to pass the baton on to our wives because they were very uh, thoughtful with their, their process and, and finding these names out. So, uh, awesome. Awesome work. Uh, we'll shoot off and we'll come back shortly. Welcome back. We're coming up to 7 o'clock and the lads are live from Caraca. Brought to you by Westbury. Start. It's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury. And we've got a love racing update for you, Louis Herman. What? Yeah, Daggy. Uh, great day here. Actually, right exactly where I'm sitting now. I was sitting on Saturday for the good oil. Stixie, Sticko McKee was in unbelievable form. Tipping Cornellas, uh, Clado tipped a $34 shot, and we talked him out of punting it for the Punters Club, so he's still not talking to us. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't talk to you either. So, so I don't know what our relationship is going to be like moving forward <laughs> with Uncle Clado, uh, but it was a great day. I uh, thought I went two from two for my best bets. Kenny Rock was put up as the winner mm. they put him up as the winner by all it looked like Opie had got him there no camera angle in the world could tell me different the the producers and trackside thought that it had won then sure enough there's a cross on a multi and sure enough they had to put up a oh sorry uh, we got that one wrong but Mazzolino lads did you have a punt oh, oh did I what what a horse that thing just <laughs> flew home Flew home and it I rang you straight away. You live on air there, Louis. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's right. No, it's, it was funny because Andrew Seabrook had come and sat down and I tipped and I gave it everything. I, get it up, Sammy! Sammy! I gave it everything and they were all thinking, Jesus, we'll probably not do this again next year. Um, and, and then I'm on air and then I see my phone ring. I say, and this is what happens when you tip winners. You get calls from the rich and famous Israel Dag. <laughs> Yeah, I was, but I had it in a multi, and I wish I took it. But wow, what a what a horse, mate! What a what a tip! Well done. Yeah, I, it, look, it was a huge day for uh, Waikato Stud. Mm. Actually, they had three winners. They, they had did. Perfect Puss. They had uh, another horse that's just name is just escaping me. In the I'll think of it very shortly. So they had three winners in their colours at at Trentham. Mazzolino being the the Group Three Gold Trail Stakes as well, and. I guess the day, though, really, really belonged to Lisa Ladder and Cozzy Asano. Cozzy Asano, Izzy, you've had a fill-up back in Cozzy when he won those six He's winners. He's a for, doozy. Yeah. Oh. 
Mate, his first group one, can you believe that, Kimpy? No, I can't. I can't. I thought he would have awesome. I thought he would have had one already. But, uh, oh, really happy for Lisa. You know, like uh, a great CD mm. trainer. She's mm-hmm. always got plenty in there. He's a doozy. Like the BGP boys, they love that horse. I don't know how many of them jumped on it. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, for anyone else to win that race apart from uh, the Sheik, you know, I'm really happy uh, for Lisa. I think uh, he's a doozy. Just watching the, um, all the owners after the race, and how happy they were was absolutely awesome. Bang. There you go. And just another one. I met Ryan. And if you don't know Ryan, Ryan won the um, Supercars trip last year. I've seen him at the longest run. Well, he sent me a photo. He backed leaderboard at $50. Oh. <laughs> he chucked 20 right. on it. So he's Excuse me. Wow-wee. How do you back that? Oh, leaderboard. Broke my heart. Anyway. Uh, Tim has come through and he said if he wins anything on that $50 TAB bonus bet, he'll donate half to the long run. How good is that? Well done, Tim. Coming up, David Mustard. We're going to talk all things Aussie Open and then the lads are going to go for a walk around Karaka. Here's that half the news for Kubota, building a shape in the future. Yes, welcome back, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We're brought to you by Westbury Stud. It's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury. The lads are live and loud from the Caracas sales, a big day, big day ahead, and at 7.20, they're going to do a wee walk around and give us a wee inkling of what's going on there at Caracas, so stay tuned, but plenty coming up, big tennis chat shortly, and then after eight, more of the same Caracas sales, it's Auckland anniversary day, and no doubt many of you will be having a big old sleep in, well, after a big old weekend, you all will need it for sure. There'll be lots of damage, lots of clean-up needed to be done. So hope you're all doing okay. I can't wait. Question of the day at the start. Name a racehorse. Name a racehorse. We want to hear from you. What is a racehorse name that you've been locked away in the vault for hopefully one day when you are lucky enough to own a horse? We want to hear from you. There's plenty of names coming through on double eight double three on the temp, uh, temper bedpost text machine, or even better, give us a call throughout the morning if you want to know what's going on at Caracas. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We're going to talk some tennis right now because it all concluded last night at Melbourne Park. The Australian Open has provided non-stop drama for the past couple of weeks and it has finally come to an end with a dream finish for Arena Sabalenka and a dominant 10th Australian Open win for Novak the Joker Doc Djokovic. David Mustard is a former pro tennis player and he's currently down at the courts ready to crack into some coaching so we won't hold him for any longer. Morning David, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. I think I'll be on hold with the coaching side. It's, it's uh, <laughs> rainy again just for a change in Auckland. Gee, oh my God. <laughs> oh, oh, mate. Hey, are you doing okay? Not much damage Damage where you're, where you're situated at the moment? Oh, the Hearn Bay Rackets Club is um, um, out of bounds at the moment because they had a, uh, a water damage through the gym and what have you onto the carpet and what have you. So at the moment it's closed. So they've got an assessor coming in to have a a nosy at that so no it's not it's not great for the club but at least the tennis mm. courts are usable when it's fine but yeah no that's uh, it hasn't been easy out there for a lot of people with this all this rain so but over in over in melbourne it's um the weather's been you know re- relatively mild for, for for melbourne to be honest over the last couple or two or three weeks 
Yeah, and it's raining Australian Opens for Dokovic. Do, you, do we begin, uh, David, to think that he's a bit of a, a goat now, that he's got 10 under his belt? Well, it was interesting when they did the speeches, uh, you know, at the end last night, which I stayed up for. Um, you know, Sitsipas goes, he, he basically said um, to everybody out there, he said, uh, I believe Sitsipas is the greatest player ever, the GOAT. Um, which was was quite an honour for Sitsipas to come forward and say that. But if you look at all the stats, mm. you know that he's that he's now achieving. And remember, he's only thirty five. Um, some of the they're predicting that he could win another three slams. You know, you would have to have to say that pretty much the stats are saying that he is the goat on that front. You know, whether you take in you know personality and you take in um, likability by the public or whatever, I guess that's another side of it all. But on the stats. You you really would have to say that he's uh, he's pretty much there now. Twenty two slams, tenth Australian Open now, number one in the world again. And a lot of play, a lot of uh, you know the older players are saying this this guy's superhuman. He's um, he's from another planet. Um, it, it is quite amazing when you know thinking about that he was uh, very close to pulling out supposedly with a with a hamstring tear. So you played the game, David, and you got a real understanding of what's involved. What is the marker for you when you come and try and name who the greatest of all time? Like a lot of people love coming out with their own opinions on on who it is and why, but for you, what is the marker? Um, I think I think a lot of it, you know, I think Grand Slams is very important. Um, I think consistency over a period of time is important, and and you know clocking up the number of wins in a row, which, which Djokovic's got some amazing numbers. You know, the players also go with the 1,000 events, which are one tier under the um, under the Grand Slams. That's a, another counter that comes in. Um, and, you know, and he's and he's only 35 years of, old, of age. And, you know, and he's lost some slams as well. He's, he really, his stats now are really adding up. And, and he's close to taking the Grand Slam, which he hasn't done. The only person to to do that officially was twice was uh, was Labour, but that was a whole different era. Um, yeah, I think that, but, but you know, when you look at someone like Federer, because obviously he's in the mix and you've got Nadal in the mix and what have you, you know, all the players, even in this era, have all pretty much stated that the most gifted all-round player was always Federer. Um, you know, but then again, you go, well, you classify what, what is gifted. I mean, I've never seen anybody, you know, in my tennis years who can return the serve. You know, Agassi was known for it, but Djokovic, his returning ability is phenomenal. Um, you, you always feel like you have to do something extra against him. Um, and that's what Sitsabat found as well. I mean, Sitsabat's had his, had, his, had his possibilities, you know, in the, in the final, but Djokovic just returns well. He just hangs in tough. Um, you know he doesn't he he doesn't make as many errors, and when he when he needs to rise, he rises. Um, yeah, I mean I, I hope that evaluates it for you. But you know personality wise, he hasn't always fitted with a lot of people. Um, I think he's got a lot better over the years. Um, I I think he he does some really good stuff for for charity. He does a lot of good stuff for all sorts of things like that, as Federer does, as Nadal does. So you know there are a number of things and. Um, I would have loved Federer of Benza. You know, he was my favourite, and, and obviously yeah. the, the, the past. But, but that's it, really. I mean, 
Well, well, think the surfaces that have anything to do with it, David? With the, with the surfaces, we know Rafa will be the greatest, the king of clay. I, I, I get a sense that Novak and particularly Federer, they were very, very good on all sorts of surfaces. So was Nadal, but the impact they had on all different surfaces and arenas was probably more than, than Nadal. Yeah, Nadal was a clay, is a clay court specialist as such, as you call it, but you know, um, Federer's won that, Djokovic has won that, but consistency-wise on clay, you know, you'd have to give that goat if that was part of it, and, and it was a clay goat, which he, that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it, clay goat? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but anyway, you'd have to say on clay, he's, he's the one on that, but you know, when you, when you just come up with a number of Djokovic, 10 grand slams on, yeah. you know, on the surface at, at, at Australia is pretty pretty phenomenal, really. Uh, so. Look, David, you know, he's, the Jock is, he's cruised through the tournament. He's been taken to two tiebreakers by um, Titsipas. Like, is there anyone coming through, if you're going to say he's going to win another three grand slams, that's actually going to challenge him? Uh yeah, I think I think there is. I think um, you know, it's like <laughs> again, the commentators last night were mentioning Curios, but Curios is up and down like a yo-yo, to be honest. But the thing is, you need, but but you know, and but yet again, he does some amazing stuff, and he comes out and he's talented and all this sort of thing. And there are a lot of players that have a lot of talent, but you've got to have complete and be able to do it on a consistent basis. You know, if you have a big serve and you can get three points on that, even though Djokovic returns well, it is an incredibly important weapon because it sets up your next phase and get three points, okay? So there are some players, I'm telling you, at different times, you know, Djokovic will have his level slightly drop and someone will be able to have a great day and be able to do that. And, the, and you know, Medvedev in times could possibly do it. Since the past, you know, has beaten... Djokovic three times at the last five, six times he's lost to him. You know, and he was very close to him in the French Open a couple of years ago, you know, two sets up and what have you. So there are, you know, there's room, there's um, there's a lot there's a lot of young players that that, that will be able to push. And remember, Sitsipas in his speech said he makes you become a better player because you are competing, you realise what the level and the bar has been risen. So therefore, the players will come up, and it will only be a matter of time, with age and what have you, that these players will start beating him at different times. And once that happens, he may not be around. He may decide that that's not what he wants to do. But but there are oh. there are players out there. A lot of American players coming through who are who are getting better and better. So the level, the bar is coming, and I think that's due to Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal. They've all created a different bar for these players to meet, and they will meet it. I've been watching uh, the Netflix series Breakpoint and I've been w- witnessing oh, yeah, a man. few up-and-coming talented players coming through, Carlos Fritz. Alvarez, Taylor Fritz and, and, and the future that he holds and him beating him at Indian Wells with a broken foot was uh, phenomenal. Do you, is that a fair summation of what it is like for the life of a tennis player, that Netflix show? Um, I mean, it's always fuzzied up a little bit. As yeah. they do, um, but I mean, but that's all. You know, we look at that and we go, yes, everybody has their own levels of, of mental stress and what have you. And you know, let's face it, you know, you you arrive, you you, you travel there, you stay in the most amazing hotels, but 
you know, you need to have your routine, all that sort of stuff, and there's pressures that that comes with, all that sort of stuff. But you know something? Um, you know, after I did that years ago, but not at that level, but I touched it, um, it, it's interesting because you then look back and you go, you know, you were actually very honoured to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, it's an honour to put it, you know, they say it's an honour to be able to, to have the ability to, or, or the, to be able to face pressures and what have you. So what you're seeing there is you're seeing that a lot of them have mental, you know, stuff that's going on in their lives. I mean, look at the Marty Fish uh, Untold, if you saw that one on Netflix, um, about how stressful it can be for a number of reasons. Often the stress is put on by yourself, not just the, the public out there. Um, yes, it's a very glamorous life, but yes, it also can be a very, very lonely life, you know? Um, yeah, it, it's hard to explain all that because it looks, it looks pretty cool on the outside when you're at that level, you know, in, in that sort of ripsy environment. But yes, it, it's not an easy. So I'm, I'm waffling a little bit here, but it's quite hard to explain um, what understand. that's like because yeah. levels. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand it. You get a sense it is a, a lonely sport, and you, you see the positive and, and the nice sides of, of individual sport, but I've got a lot of appreciation. I played team sport, so you can rely on your teammates to come through and help you. Well, when it's just you out on that court, there's no one else, and I can understand why they constantly spray their team box and, and yell at the coaches and, and yeah, rip I into I didn't them. understand <laughs> that, though. Did you, see that, yeah. um, did you see that when Djokovic was going off at Goran and in the speech at the end? He said, you know, they have got to put up with me. Dadala and Gora's going, yeah, looking skyward and going, yeah. Mate, I had no idea what I did wrong, but for some reason I wore the whole of your stress. Got to blame someone. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so, yes, look, it's like that. It's it's such a fine line on all that stuff. Um, but it was, it's what it makes makes it exciting and interesting to to everybody. Um, so, yeah, everybody has their own opinions on it. Um, I just think incredible amount of stress on them, but I think I'd love to have that stress when I've earned $168 million in prize money, and that's only a tenth of what I've earned. I think I, think I would cope with the stress. I'd do it for half that, honestly. Well, anyway. you're pretty close, mate. You're living in the uh, the beautiful part of the world in Herne Bay, so you're playing Tennessee. You must be close. We'll let you go, David. We'll let you go, mate. We really appreciate your time talking all things tennis, the Aussie Open, Djokovic winning his 10th Australian Open. We appreciate your time and all the best with the clean-up, mate. hope you can get some normality back. Thanks, Dan. Remember, as I said the other day, the ball's in your court. (laughs) (laughs) The ball is in our court for sure. Take care, mate. Have a good day. There is David Mustard talking tennis. He's a former tennis player, so he understands... What it's like to be on tour, and it is a lonely sport, and, uh, well, I um, love that break point. I hope that they come out. I know the Formula 1 drive survived. The first season was kind of the other side. Not saying the minnows, but the, the not known names that were part of the, the driving world. And then the next season, we got the big names. So hopefully we can get an inside look to what Novak and what Rafa and the preparation that is involved for them to go on and, uh, and do what they do to be considered to be one of the greatest of all times. That was David Mustard talking Aussie Open. We're going to shoot off and come back because the lads are going to be walking around Caraca giving us a little update on what's going on. So stay tuned. A wee little inside look at Caraca sales. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. 
Kempi and Louie are live from Cracker and they're up and about. Gonna give us a little inside talk of what to expect at Cracker and they're live right now. What do you got for us, lads? Yeah, hey Izzy, uh, Kempi and me are braving the weather and we're out and we've just gone around to Barnsea to have a look at Westbury Stud. Kempi, just a couple of observations. You just said, gee, it's a lot cleaner than a stable. Oh, I tell you what, um, if the Sheik is. Uh, He's getting up out of bed. He's trying to call me already this morning, is he? Come down here <laughs> and have a look at these stables, mate. First class. It is first class <laughs> hotel living for these beautiful yearlings. And we're just around, as I say, at Barnsey at uh, the Westbury Stud Hut. I've got a big picture up of Huey Bowman riding out sharp and smart, who ran a huge second it behind was. He's a Doozy, Kempi, in the weekend. I mean, this is the sort of thing. So sharp and smart, Redwood. Loves the wet, gets a distance. This is the sort of horse, that derby type of horse that the Australians come here and try to buy at Karaka, right? Yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. You know, that that was a big run from Sharp and Smart. He had his first, first run back for quite a while. I actually thought coming down the straight, Wellington, that he would get back up. He'd, he'd show a bit of resolve, but he just couldn't catch Lisa's... Uh, Lisa's uh, who actually won that one? He's a doozy. He's a doozy. Um, won that won that race. So um, you're dead right when you're coming to look at horses and you see a big picture like that with the colours and who better than have Huey Bowman on it? <laughs> That's it. Huey Bowman who's going great guns up in honkers as well. So this is what you do. There's all these tents. On the other side they've got their hospitality tent over here, Westbury Stud. So you go in there and you get a great meal. So you come through, you look at the horses. They're next to Alston Park down the end. And if you walk into the rows, so... We'll just, we won't be too loud and we don't want to upset any horses, but they have the um, the lot numbers up here. So we've got 460, red is the rose, uh, 515, a showy leo, which I assume has got a Galileo type of tie to it, um, and and Gisella, happy street. So you can come through here and you, you honestly, the, the amount of times these yearlings get paraded, walked uh, out of their boxes, Kempi, it's amazing considering they're only you know 18 months old that they can kind of cope with it all. Well, have a look. You know, each each one of these boxes is covered with a fan. They're, they're cooling down the horses. They've all been prepped well. Um, and you're dead right. They get, like uh, Mark Chittick told us last week, four minutes of parading. 18 months of bringing them to this stage, you get four minutes and hopefully you get a buyer. So uh, Westbury Stud will be hoping to sell a few today, no doubt. And the hospitality, Louis, I'm just going to say, yeah, we'll visit a few of those little tents. Look at them. He's doing an open fire in one of those. Unbelievable. <laughs> I actually think there's a uh, bastard. That's that's a that's a video. Oh, it's a video. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> that's a video. I actually think there's a bastard with your name in there. Yeah, Whispery uh, Stud, Tony Kemp, this way. And if you look just over there, so just behind Whispery Stud, we get a glimpse at uh, Little Avondale Stud. Now, Mike Maroney. We're going to chat to Mike Maroney in only about 15 minutes' time. Rockin' horse. Oh. Can you believe that these sorts of horses are bred here that can go and beat Nature Strip up down the straight at Flemington? When we talk about world beating athletes, both human and equine, like they literally are found where we are walking. They have walked literally where we're standing. That's right. And oh, the last time I was here, Mike Maroney, Al, uh, he saw a horse he liked. He thought, oh, I might go for around seventy, eighty thousand dollars. And it was really interesting because no one was bidding on any of these horses and Alan had spotted this horse. Well, as soon as the bidding came on, guess who jumped out? It was Mike Maroney, DC. They all thought the same thing. They know when a good one comes through. Rock and horse. There was a couple bought yesterday by DC Enforcement um, battling it out. So I think... You know, once these guys put their hand up, you know that, that that's a good horse to watch in the future. Well, it's um, it's great when you like when you walk around here and you walk around these parts. You, if you've got a keen eye, you can see who is asking for the horses to be paraded, 
and you know guys like Guy Molcaster who buys for Chris Waller um, yeah you've got David Ellis and the Tiako crew I'm sure that they're pretty conscious who's the it's like America's Cup the spies can be who's watching them and because and the other thing is there's a bit of gamesmanship in that ring just pushing them up to see if they can spend a bit more of their purse to get one that you didn't even necessarily want, but you just wanted to push them a little bit harder. Well, I think, you know, ego plays a bit in it too, just to see who's got the deeper pocket. So when they do put their hand up and you're looking over at each other and thinking, well, you're not going to get that one over me, um, you don't really want to get into that scrap if you're a little man, you know what I mean? Because your pockets aren't deep enough. DC and Moroni, if they put their hands up, you best go and look for another horse. It's, uh, I, I am pretty conscious that you know, when you're in that sales ring, you don't necessarily want to be the one that accidentally sticks here. Um, you don't want to be the one that accidentally scratches your nose at the wrong time. We're just coming to look here. We've just stopped at lot 627, all too hard, uh, vitriolic attack, brown filly. And it's just in her box. Oh, she's coming over for a little scratch, Kempi. Just beautifully bred thoroughbreds. Very polite, lovely type beautiful head on her and, and that's what you're getting at Westbury stud they're just gorgeous so well prepared and when they go through the hello darling when they go through the ring they just look beautiful oh that's exactly right don't they you know they're getting their, their hair done they've got the makeup put on she's got the fans she's, she's like a model f- she's, <laughs> <laughs> honestly if you don't if you if you want to come down and actually see how this is done get yourself down to, to Caraca and have a look because it's an absolute massive setup they've done a wonderful job here three years in the doing uh, because of COVID, and I'm pretty sure later on today, Louis, 11 o'clock when it starts, we're going to get some pretty big bids on some of these. Look at this one, Reliable Man, the First oh, Lady, Grey Philly. A lot of the fillies, a lot of the fillies. I've got a couple of greys, actually. You love a grey? I do, I do. Actually, you're a silver fox yourself. <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you. <laughs> I like that. You are gorgeous. No. Lot 588. Uh, it's beautiful down here, Daggy. It's awesome. It's wet, but it's not stopping any of the atmosphere. Come down, come say good day to Westbury, start at Barn Sea, and just enjoy the day. It's, it's awesome. We're going to get back up to studio. You go for it, mate. Beautiful little update. What's going on there at Caraca? The lads are out and about checking out all the stables. Well, I want to know what's on offer food-wise, really. I want to know what's on offer food-wise. I've heard big things. There's plenty of drinks flowing. But no doubt there'll be top-of-the-line chefs there. And it's a bit of a, well, a bit of a show-off arena, isn't it? Like, you've got to have the best kind of sta- stable set up. So no doubt the drinks will be flowing, but the food will be even better. So stay tuned, and you'll get even more update of what's going on there at Caraca. We'll shoot off, we'll come back with some headlines with Louie, get an understanding of what's going on and a Choices Flooring Poll. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future. SENZ, it's Izzy and Kimfi for breakfast, live out from Karaka. You've just heard our walk and, or was that a walk and talk, I suppose, down there at Barn Sea to see some of the beautiful yearlings. Let's get some sports headlines. Win a Kubota excavator with Kenard's hire. Win a 1.7 ton Kubota excavator, I should say, which I'm sure with uh, the weather around would be very, very handy. Uh, some sports headlines. Well, as we've already mentioned today, the Sevens teams over in Sydney win an absolute flyer. Here was how the women's event shook down. I know that one might be it. The last act is a fumbling, rolling ball, but it has been a class act. They are setting new standards once again, New Zealand. New players, new stars, new names, but same results. It is a 30th title for the Blackburn Sevens. 
And uh, as Stacey Flula told you boys last week, it just creates selection headaches because they are all playing off their heads so well. So I'd love to get Daggy your thoughts on that in a second. But for my last bit of headline for you, which we'll go into the choices for in poll, huge result over the weekend. Zoe Sadowski's in it. A gold in the Slope Star, a silver in the Big Air. She's done it again. More X Games gold medals. And that is such a big result. And I know we were all watching keenly over the weekend. So I thought with a bit of bad news for Auckland and some rough weather, this might be our Choices Flooring poll. Choices for a New Year's carpet's on sale now. It's been a bleak couple of days. So what's the best feel-good story from the weekend? Is it Zoe Sadowski Senate's medals? Is it the Breakers winning again and cementing their playoff spot for the first time in five years? Is it both those Sevens teams winning in Sydney Sevens? Or is it Ryan Fox receiving the Sevy Award for Player of the Year voted by his peers on the DP World Tour? This is a doozy of a quiz, is he? Doozy, all right, mate. Look how good is the weekend be for sport. When you're looking for some shine and light, you can look no further than our TVs and you see the success particularly in the women's sport at the moment. It is flying. Zoe Sadowski Senate. We had her on last week, and if you missed that interview, you can head over to Izzy and Kempi on the SEN app or wherever you get all your podcasts and have a listen. It was great to catch up with her superstar. She spoke about her goals and aspirations throughout the year, and, well, the X Games was high on her list of achievements to, to achieve this year. She's done that, a gold and a silver at the... At the, at the X Games, so well done Zoe, and then the women's rugby, oh my gosh, they are fine, they are unveiling talent left, right and centre at the moment, and I've got a new favourite, she's only 18 years of age, Georgia Miller, mm. Georgia Miller, I, I, I would love to know how she'd go in the seven. I think she'd be a fantastic uh, loose forward, she's so good over the ball, she tackles all day, she's got work rate, and she's got creativity, she can actually ball play. She's a ball player, so be interesting to see if any of the Black Ferns 15s coaches are chasing young Georgia. For me, Kempi, though, oh, the Breakers winning again and cementing a playoff spot, seeing what that meant for Modi Moore. Uh, 16 games, they need to get 17 to chase the Kens Taipans or Ryan Fox. I'm a golf fan. I can't go past Ryan Fox receiving the Sevi Ballesteros Award. For Player of the Year, voted by peers on the DP World Tour. When you're up against Rory McIlroy, Shane Lowry, just phenomenal players, and you get voted above them, um, it's tough. I can't go past uh, Ryan Fox. And I I talked about it on my wish list, Kimpy. Ryan Fox to win a major this year is on mm. my wish list. Please. Yep. That's my yep. one. I, I think he gets it. I think he, he gets a he gets a major. Um the Sevi Ballesteros Award, what a prestigious award to win. He was one of my favourite golfers um, growing up, watching Sevi play. He was smooth, he had the good hair. I don't know, Louis, if you remember him, but he, his hair was just never out of place. And I love a man with good hair. So, <laughs> Is it like um, Neeps' hair? Uh, Is it like Neeps' yeah, hair? Neeps, Neeps' a bit I just want to. He's got the blonde locks I, at the I, moment. Like I want to know what's going on there, Neeps. I want to know what's going on. You took your hat off before. Now I know why you're wearing a hat. Yeah. You want to hide it away. Yes, I do. What's happening there, mate? Uh, it's just a bit of a New Year's number, Daggy. I, I shaved the head off, and I've been talking crap to my friends all year that, oh, I'm going to dye it blonde this year. I'm going to dye it blonde. They're like, no, don't do it. You're not doing it. There's no chance you're doing it. So I did it, and then there you go. There you go, handsome man. <laughs> Look at you, you handsome man. It's like Māori there, Slim Shady. my little friend Tilly in the picture too. Good morning, Tilly. Nice little tantrum in the back of Daddy's car yesterday. I liked it. Hello, (laughs) darling. Yeah, mate. But for me, I think uh, watching Moody Moore um, and the way that he went into the back of the 
um, the the changing room, that that footage of him and the pressure. You know, he, had, he said he'd had 16 wins up, mm. getting back in the final since 2018. I just know what it means to a coach to hit goals um, and those lofty goals for him, and he's done it, mate. The Breakers have set the bar for post-COVID. They've come home after being on the road for so long, and to get that is like I mate, I was there with him. When he was leaning into that wall, I was there with him patting him on the back. I just think it's fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I've seen the breakers flying, and well, it hasn't. The job hasn't been done yet. They've given themselves a chance. You can go vote for that on the SEN app, or you can go on our Twitter page, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and have a vote as well. Beautiful choices, flooring poll to get our Monday morning flowing. We're gonna shoot off. We'll come back with Mike Maroney, Ballymore Stables, back shortly. The Caracas sales are well underway, and our next guest knows what the Caracas sales have to offer. Ballymore Stables, the proven trans-Tasman formula. Kempi, who we got? Yeah, well, when we talk longevity and accomplishment, is he as a horse trainer in this part of, world, of the world, you simply can't look past what Mike Moroni has been able to accomplish with Ballymore Stables, both here in Aotearoa in Australia. His major wins include a Melbourne Cup, have a listen to this, a Blue Diamond, Queen Elizabeth, four derbies, four oaks, a couple of Stradbrokes to, to boot, and so much more. He's had plenty of luck here at the Caracas Sales through the years too, and it's wonderful to have him on the line. He's joining us this morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Very well, Boots. Very well. Hey, Mike, you know, just a, a question. Do you always look to target the sale here and um, find some future champions? Look, we've had a lot of luck here. Um, for uh, a number of years now, we've been able to source a lot of Group 1 winners um, out, of the, out of the sales, and Certainly, I think it's something like 90% of our Group 1 winners have been sourced uh, through the Cracker sale or have been New Zealand bred. Well, how'd you go yesterday? Did you have a rocking day? <laughs> uh, we, look, we, we kicked off uh, great fashion lot we bought. Um, uh, a cracking to Archie Philly. That is a burn that... Um, I loved her, and my brother Paul, who does our um, booking and selecting, um, loved her as well. And so I, I trained Tavachi, he's one of the um, winners I've trained. And so we do sort of uh, look at the Tavachis, and uh, we thought it was a cracking folly. And out of his appeal, there, but you don't get much better than that as well. Um, with um, uh, what a great stand he's over here. And it just works out, it's been the right cost. Party. Um, group winners have been at a Abermeal Mears, he buys a meal, and I think that's the, the formula for him is that um, uh, he, he just seems, seems to be cost for that sort of uh, bidding line, and, and he tends to get his best horses out of those sort of families. Hey, hey, Mike, you know, just going back to when you were training here in New Zealand, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this. What, why are the horses that are bred here so capable over those longer distances? I think it's just the way that they are, they are, um, the environment they've been under. Uh, certainly, it's start. I think I've been all around the world, and I think it's the best place in the world to breed racehorses, without any doubt. I think it's just the um, the environment and, and the weather, just things just held together uh, to be able to breed them naturally. Um, I think when they they, they just grow bone, that, that leaves them, um, you know, I'd say, sound as racehorses that you can train them on. Uh, for multiple seasons, and they just um, keep backing up and stay sound. I think that that um, 
that early um, sort of care. Um, it's not pushed into them. It certainly takes them a long way later on in life as racehorses. Well, what sort of bidder are you, Mike? Are you loud and proud up the front doing a big fist pump, or are you down the back of the, the tunnel with the hat just giving a little nod and tip of the hat? <laughs> yep, um, I sort of stay close to Paul, and Paul does the bidding, <laughs> and we're, we're quiet bidders, and to me and I'll say, yeah, you're going or not, because nine times out of ten it's my own money, so um, I've got to make the right decision, you know, so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike, hey, so just tell us, Mike, you, you've got such a successful um, trans-Tasman operation. What is it? What are the tricks to running such a good uh, operation? Busy now with, um, with Gerard here. He's been with me for a while now, and um, got to start off in, in the right place, and that, that stable down a matter, matter. Uh, look, we're one of the few that still have got um, land. Um, we've got 20 acres here that, that um, back on the race course. And uh, we sort of, there's a lot of boxes in there, but people still haven't got the paddocks, but we're a bit lucky we've got the luxury that we can get them out during the day, you know, there's a big help. And, um, you know, that, that's the key to it, is to make sure that we can still use uh, the New Zealand facility while they're growing and maturing. Because uh, there's a hustle and bustle of sea life where we train, and they've got a bit of handle that, and you know, certainly it's, a, it's an easier uh, environment for them to sort of get through uh, when, when they are good horses. So that, that, that's the key to it. And the right staff um, has always been part of it. We've been lucky that we've always had that alive through um, and um, just we were in the right place, you know. So it's a big operation and you know, we employ a lot of people um, and um, it, it works really well. It has for a long time and been lucky enough to you know, most races in New Zealand and certainly a lot of them in Australia now. Mate, you've had some success over all distances and this horse won't be flying under the radar anymore. Rockin' Horse, the journey with Purin Canto Mare becoming one of the best sprinters in the world. When she arrived from the NZ to your base in Victoria, did you have anything different with her to get the last piece of excellence out of her? Really, well, you're hoping that when they first turn up, they settle straight in, and, and she did. And I've found that a lot of mares, when they start travelling, a lot of um, fillies and mares, and they, they tend to really uh, set the environment quickly. And she did, and she just thrived over there, and really has. She, she really loves it. Um, she's quite happy to get in the routine, and now she's used to it, she loves it. So she doesn't do anything. She came over really, really to go in the, in the new market. I think we got her about weeks before the, before the new market, I gave her one jump out uh, just to make sure that she was fit enough, but she came over in good form, and uh, you know, I think that she won that new market, which is uh, one of the biggest sprint races in Australia, that we could beat them at, at that, their own uh, the, the trip that they breed, all their horses to do, uh, and have, have, we had the world champions um, now for a long time. Uh, I think we've, we've sort of beat them uh, to start with, and then turned around beating Nature Strip in the second one um, after he had uh, been to his sprint of the world and had won at, uh, at, Royal, at Royal Ascot. So I think we could have uh, done that. Was second time was just mind blowing, really, um, mm. and, and a great day. Yeah, 
You um, you do, mate. You're going to take your hat off to that because it was flying under the radar when he got that. But just before we let you go, Mike, what is the big race at the moment that you're craving to win over Autumn? Well, I could think we could win um, a new arc again uh, with Rock and Horse. Nice. And uh, we've got Snapper in it as well. So, Sydney, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to think we're going to be competitive in a, in a race with the Queen Elizabeth, which is worth about four or five million. And, um, uh, an import uh, running that all, all going well um, so uh, one a horse that um, we've uh, bought over called Albuquerque um, uh, um, nice been a great one winner over in Europe so we're hoping that we can um, win a queen as well Nice, Mike. Well, all the best for you for your, uh, your your time here at Karaka Sales. Hope you hope you pick up a couple of nice uh, nice horses here, and all the best for the autumn. Thanks for joining Izzy and Kepi for breakfast on SCNZ this morning. Thank you. There you have yeah, it, yes, Mike, Mike Maroney. Maroney. What a champ! How good! Eh? I was I was here, <laughs> like I was saying, I was here the last time I was here, and he like how he said he was the bitter. They they were standing next to each other, him and his brother, <laughs> and they only one of them was tipping. In the tunnel, they weren't out front. They weren't bidding loudly, and they actually got that horse. You know, that I was talking about that everyone else wanted. So, um, great to great to hear his story. Rocking horse, you're dead right. Is he ain't flying under the radar no more? And go and have a look at the futures. What's the new market like? Just on that, Louis. Before we shoot off, just quickly, Everest is that a, is that a potential for rocking horse? The Everest. She would get a slot, no doubt. Uh, she would 100% get a slot. I know that there was some very loose speculation that she would might even go to Royal Ascot and try and compete in maybe that King Stan race that Nature Strip won, and she would be competitive up there. Um, I think the thing about the Everest is, and why maybe Ascot would be more appealing, is, is she she loves the straight at Flemington for whatever reason. That really suits her racing style, and, and that's a big difference going from the Randwick, that big okay. one, sweeping turn to that straight there. But, no, they are brilliant horse people, Mike, and Paul has a great eye. Ballymorestables.com.au if you wanted any more information there, Daggy. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah, rocking horses, flying... Uh, another stable that is flying is Westbury Stud. And the lads are situated there at Westbury. And Russell Warwick will be coming up after 8 o'clock. So stay tuned. Yes, welcome back. We're coming up to 8 o'clock. And after 8, plenty of Caracas sales chat coming up. The one and only David Ellis. We've got Russell Warwick from Westbury Stud. And it's brought to you by Westbury Stud. It's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury. Well, I'm about to shoot off because earlier on last week I spoke about my health. Problems at the moment, I've got a bad, bad knee, so I've got to go see the surgeon and get my uh, knee sorted. I'm going to have a major surgery throughout the year, so get a little bit of an update of what's next for Dagger's kneeless knee, eh, Brad? So I'll go see the surgeon, and then tomorrow I've got a colonoscopy, so it's going to be a big 24 hours. If you don't know, you've got to take a bit of laxative and uh, start my shred. So I'm looking forward to it, lad. So big, big K's, look out. Of, <laughs> yeah, 10 kgs will be wiped from Daggy, but no, uh, going to go get a look after the body for the next day or two. Hey, hey so Izzy, how, how, many, um, how, many yes. sna- how many snacks when you were stuck in that uh, car of yours <laughs> waiting for the, oh, <laughs> the chopper to clear? I was bulking, I was bulking, it was quite funny, I said to Daisy, I said, Daisy, where's those sandwiches? Oh, they're in the front of the boat, don't stop Israel, because the kids wake up, they're asleep and they get really uh, car sick, so I was like, sweet, didn't stop, anyway... 
we stopped because we had to, and I said, well, jump in and get those semis. Ate the semis. We were there for two hours. I was like, a bit peckish. Had a bit of chocolate. Chilled out for a bit. And then uh, she brought out cold pizza from Brunner, which is beautiful pizza from Platform 40. You must say, if you're there, go get it. Had cold pizza. What else we have? We ate plenty. You'll, we find, ate out. Plenty. You'll find out today when it all comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I'm shredding. In about three hours' time. But, uh, no, I'm going to shoot off. The boys will keep you up to date and keep you flowing for the next hour. Big hour ahead, so stay tuned. I want to know what's there on the menu, lads. Let us know. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Building a shape in the future. Yeah, SCNZ, welcome back into the programme. Four, four minutes past eight here. And it is January, if you can believe it, winding up. A very wet and wild weekend for so many of you. Happy Auckland anniversary. I know that it'll be a, a needed day off to clean up for a lot of people. So we are thinking of you. As we are live out here, Kimpi, in the Karaka Complex. Stone's throw from the aptly and, and so deservedly named... Sir Patrick Hogan Auditorium, what an incredible announcement that was uh, yesterday here at Karaka New Zealand Bloodstock. Izzy's shot off because he's got to get his knee looked at, the poor man. His knee, as Brad has been roasting him on the text machine for a long time now, is no good. But that's all right because sitting in as, um, well, he could be timesheeting as the, the third host of the show now. It, we're all about Westbury here today. Uh, obviously, Tarzino, the pinup child, reliable man, Redwood, our rocker, all providing success in more ways than just one at Westbury Stud. And Russell Warwick's the general manager, and you've been good enough to come and find us here in the, the Tullock Cafe. Russ, good to see you. Yeah, thanks, Louis. It's um, yeah, it's a wet day again, but uh, anyway, we can't change the weather, and we just got to get on with it. No, you can't. Although, I mean, I think we all feel for vendors, for Andrew, for everybody here that after a couple of years of disruption, then we cop a weather event, which is just—I mean, you can't do anything about it. But man, no, and uh, probably frustrating too, with um, you know. Auckland Airport um, being closed mm. for those vital days leading into the sale and buyers, you know, had their bookings months out to come to Karaka and all of a sudden they can't get here and uh, as you say it's uh, it's not COVID but it's probably the next best thing to it as far as keeping buyers away from the country. Yeah and, and what's the, what was the first day like um, Russell, you know, you, are you happy at the moment? I know you've got plenty more to come through over the next couple of days but are you, are you happy given the circumstances that we experienced over the weekend? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, we, we didn't have a flash day yesterday. We got three or four away really nicely. Um, three or four there that are still going to be try and sold, be sold today and uh, a couple that will just go home to the farm and be grown out and hopefully develop into racehorses. But uh, no, it was a bit of a frustrating weekend overall. Two Group 1 races in the Southern Hemisphere and we ran second in both of them. So oh, nice. I think all you can say, it's better than running third. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And we just we went for a, a little walk and talk around to Barn C there and we saw Sharp and Smart, you've got them put up on all of the uh, the hoardings there. A beautiful photo of him with Huey Bowman on the back. I mean, what an incredible um, affidavit for or poster boy for Redwood you've got. And we know Tarzino just has become so popular, but across your stallions, I think it's six you're standing, is that right? Yeah, so we stand six and, uh, you know, five of them have produced Group 1 horses and uh, the other one, Talperian's had a Group 2 winner at his first runner. So, uh, yeah, they've still got to keep doing it. Um Breeders and buyers, they expect you to do it year in, year out. And I guess it's like being a professional sportsman. If you're not at the top of your game all the time, they forget about you pretty quickly. That's right. You're running enlisted races in the back of back of Australia somewhere. Um, 
Just tell us about Tarzino, mate. I'm really interested, as you know. We've got our, our mayor, um, thank you very much, is uh, Karen uh, Tarzino, Cinerama. Um, the young side hit the ground running. What's what's the experience been like with him? Um, and what's the interest in all of the the, the young'uns coming out of Tarzino? Uh, yeah, it's been really um, rewarding and satisfying this last 12 months uh, to get a group win, one winning derby winner and Oaks winner in your first crop. Uh, it just doesn't happen. No. But, uh, it's, uh, it's a rarity and... Um, as now the expectation will he's got to find another one now so um, Gypsy Goddess has just been sold uh, for you know, in excess of two million dollars to Japan and um, you know, for a young sire like him uh, he's starting to get a very good international profile and uh, you know we see that here at the sales uh, you see a nice Tarzino there Roger James bought one off us yesterday Mick Price was the underbidder on her and made 260000 So, mm. uh, you know, we just come back from the Gold Coast where we took three over there and they averaged 227000 at the Magic Million. So, uh, you know, he's accept he's been accepted by the international market and particularly Australia, which is our, our biggest uh, supp we supply to uh, in, in all the markets, really. All these young stallions, Russell, they, they can only go so far without broodmare power, right? You need support and... Westbury, it's a, a massive part of your business, isn't it, the, the band you have? Very much so, and I guess we're very, very fortunate. Uh, we have someone like a Jerry Harvey um, funding it and, and behind it because uh, we have a number of large number of mares and uh, that gives those young stallions the support that they need in those few years to produce those good horses. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, most of the studs now contain the, the larger portion of the uh, broodmare band in New Zealand and uh, you know, we we're always looking to support our own stallions but always uh, if we can support other stallions and, and hopefully people will support us as well. Yeah, talk, talking about support Russell um, and big setup that Westbury is, what about staffing and through the COVID um, situation and how, have you been able to maintain staff and how hard is it to, to keep Westbury like at the top of its game? The last 12 months has been really good. We've had a, a really good bunch of staff and um, been able to have them here through the COVID years. It was very difficult because we rely a lot on international staff and uh, to come in and help during the busy times of the stud season and the yearling preparation. So uh, that wasn't available to us through COVID. So we sort of had two years there. We still had the horse numbers. Mm. We still had to try and do the job, but we hadn't. Um, a lot less staff to have access to and it, it put a lot of pressure on a lot of places. Yeah, and you've seen, uh, you were saying, a number of people coming through. You had the, the big boss of the thoroughbred, uh, Bruce Sherrick, through with Butch Glover yesterday through the tents. How are they going? They, they could get through a few hash browns, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, well, they enjoyed lunch. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice to see them put their hands in their pockets and buy one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, just what are we looking at? What, what are you looking at? You obviously got a, your eye on a good young one that's coming through. What do you, is there one that you can sort of tip out to us that you, you know, is it lot number 871 and you're expecting it to go for? Yeah, we're at the fireworks, Russell. That's what we're asking. Yeah. Yeah, there's two colts today that we've got which have been well received. There's lot 298. He's a colt by Zoo Star. Um, I think Zoo Star topped the Magic Million sale at uh, 2.6 million over there and uh, and he averaged about 600,000. So we don't have that expectation that he's going to be in those sort of figures, but this cult's been well received. Um, good judges are on him, and uh, you know hopefully he'll be well well received in the come sale time today. And then later in the day we've got a cult uh, lot 409 by Rubik out of a nine invincible mare. So he's another impressive looking horse, and uh, one that obviously you rack a million. Uh, 
trainers and that that are looking to find one for next year's Caracamillion. Um, he sort of fits the bill. He's Australian speed and uh, he looks like a horse that could get to that race. Kempi, nice. you would have a lot of fun naming this horse, uh, Lot 298. We've got a zoo star out of a Latin salsa. So... Get your, get your thinking cap yeah, on. Yeah, okay, here we go. <laughs> Zoo star out of a Latin sulphur. Some, somebody's going to have it, and I reckon speed to burn as well. That's beautiful. I mean, I, like you can you can spend hours and days out here going through the pedigrees and looking back, and it's quite infectious when you hear your Steve Davis and your Mike Kneebone get up there and they say this family and they rattle off the grand dam and then the great grand and they go all the way back and you go oh my some of the pedigrees we have out here what about Westbury Stud do you have some families that have been going around for a long time that have been producing good horses yeah look you know we, we were lucky enough to get a Rapaho miss out here uh, a few years ago and she's still with us now and um, we we bred Miami Bound who went on one of VRC Oaks and one of Wakefield and one of Mooney Valley Gold Cup uh, and we sold a Tarzino cult to Chris Waller, who's now just turned three-year-old uh, a year or two ago. So, you know, now we've got some of her daughters that we're seeing. Um, one of them came to Tarzino this year. And um, so getting those daughters and daughters of those good mm. years coming back through, uh, it's all, all very rewarding. And um, hopefully we can continue to grow the family and, uh, and get more black type into that family, which uh, hopes their, their, their commercial appeal. Have, have you noticed the, the market, you know, you've been a, around Russell for a long time, have you noticed the market, especially the travellers, the Australians, um, is there a different um, breed of face here at, at, the, at the sales than it was, say, 20 years ago? Oh, we've got a lot of young, um, you know, particularly a lot of these young Australian and some of these um, Australian-based uh, bloodstock agents now, uh, some of them are Kiwis and they're living in Australia working for either good stables or building their own businesses where they've got Asian clients, they've got Australian mm. clients and they're coming here and entrusted to, to choose horses for those people. But um, I think the other thing that we're seeing now is that syndication has taken a, a huge step forward, particularly in Australia. If you look at the ownership groups in Australia, even those big expensive horses, they're not owned by one person, you know, they're owned by a syndicate or a group of people. and. Uh, you know, I think that's the thing that New Zealand, you know, we're fortunate we've got Tiaki and Go Racing here, but I think also, um, you know, that's the, the basis of Australian race now, syndication. Yeah, and, we'll, and you know, even Al, to be fair, dipped his toe into it. I know this sale, he's, he's kind of got orders and he's got clients he's looking after, but, you know, Marshy and Forsman, I know that it's where they are all eventually going to go, and then on the smaller scale as well. You got the. I mean, it's just for for people my generation, Russell. It's really the only viable option for a starter to get yourself into racehorse ownership. You, you just can't go and buy a, a horse outright anymore. And, and I think that trainers and um, administrators are cottoning on to that. And and it's pretty cool to see the the amount of interest, especially around Go Racing and Tiako. We're going to talk to DC a little bit later on. I mean, they can sell horses, especially DC. You can walk out of the, the ring, do a lap around and come back and sit back down for the, the next horse and a horse can be gone. It's quite incredible that there is the passion there. Oh, and technology is, um, mm. is making it very accessible now too. But, you know, the Tiakar arm, when they buy a horse off you, you see on there's a tweet out five minutes later, you know, we've just bought lots so and so, shares available, and by, yeah. the, by the end of the day, those horses are 75, 80% uh, sold in some cases, which is... It's amazing. It is. Right. 
We'll let you carry on because you've got a big day. You don't need to sit here and be punished by us. And we do thank Westbury for supporting us as here as we are out at Karaka. Here's my nomination for lot 298. We're going to call him Dancing with the Star. <laughs> Zoo Star, Lad and Salsa. Is that good, Russ? That sounds all right. The, the broodmare size is more than ready, so that you might be able to get a, a name out from the more than ready. I had, I had one. I had one. I was going to call it Monstar. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Named after Alan Sherratt. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, after maybe you saw a couple of those Wellington Cup rides. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Still not talking to me. <laughs> is that why we couldn't get a hold of them? Where is the sheik? Russ, thanks so much for your support of SCNZ. Good luck today. Uh, we'll watch those lots with interest. And if anybody wants to come around, you'll, you'll bar and see and, and come pop in. Thanks, Louis. We look forward to seeing it. And thanks to Sense for having us on and um, you know, the job that you guys are doing for New Zealand racing and sport in general. So. Fantastic. Cheers, Russell. Beautiful stuff. It's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury. We know that. A couple of super judges. Uh, the captain yesterday, of course, Roger James as well. So people are interested, and they will be for the rest of the sales. We are 16 minutes past 8 o'clock. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Kim's Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Double eight, double three, Zoo Star Latin Salsa. What do you think? Double eight, double three. That Temper Bed Post text machine. You come through, and we'll hook you up with something if you can come up with an absolute doozy. Back soon. Ah, the bitter irony. We do love the sunshine, but there's none of it here, and we are hoping, crossing our fingers and toes, Kempi, that uh, Tamaki Makoto manages to hold on because mm. there's more rain coming, and man, some of the uh, water levels will be backed up. Hey, do you remember only about eight months ago we were in a drought? Well, they got no, they got no issues with water. Seriously, the reservoirs, I don't know if you saw the picture, Louis, but even they are overflowing. Um, yeah, there's this thing called an atmospheric river, and basically what happens, it's, a, it's an event, and it opens up, and it just dumps basically a river on, a, on cities and stuff like that, and that's what's ha happened to Auckland over the weekend, and they reckon another one's coming, so um, let's just hope that it doesn't open up again, because... Yeah, it's okay, the rain, but I just feel sorry for the people that have spent the weekend cleaning up, and then they're going to have to go and do it all again. Brutal, brutal, and of course it's Waitomo, it's Hodaki, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Coromandel's just, yep, underwater slips, of, you know, and of course the north, the last time I came down, like I said, I just got past that slip coming down Bren Derwins. Man, if they get any more rain up the Bren Derwins, State Highway... Where did you hear of the motorways in State Highway 1 being closed? Yeah, it's not great. I know what I'm going to do if there is more rain. I'm, I'm going to somehow teleport myself into the TAB wine cellar with Thaddeus Taylor and Paul Mawati, and uh, we'll be plenty safe in there. Hello, Paul. Yeah, morning, boys. Look, if we're talking wine cellars, we're going to head to Paul Wilcox's. That's where we'll get the good stuff. Is that the, is that the gravy? Does P. Willie have a, a great wine cellar, does he? Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> if you if you haven't been yet, it's it's I think it's the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. The eighth wonder of the world was a TAB because they made plenty oh, on the weekend, Paulie. You are you are. You know what? We're not talking. We we're talking because this is a paid interview. But other than that, we're not talking. The hiding you gave us at Trentham. <laughs> I'm just having a look at uh, um, the a couple of the feature markets from, <laughs> from Saturday. Like, do you celebrate, boys? Uh, do you guys, what do you you guys come in on a Monday and mean? go, like, here's breakfast, boys? Like, champagne. Anything champagne. Croissants. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, 
I had a terrible day on Saturday, so I'm in the same I'm in the same uh, whole world of hurt as you guys as well. I just have a look leaderboard, which oh. got out to a top quote of sixty one dollars in the Wellington Cup, and I can see there are num multiple one hundred dollar bets on a leaderboard at uh, sixty one dollars, uh, and in the wow. Thorndon, he's a doozy. Um, I think got out to fifteen or sixteen dollars. Uh, I couldn't see it. I'll be, I'll be fully honest. I couldn't. I couldn't see it. I just didn't know whether he was that sort of wet tracker horse. I knew that he could cope with them, but I, I couldn't see it. And even when La Creek came out, I just thought the weight difference between Sharp and Smart. When Sharp, if Sharp and Smart came up on the outside of him, I think he could might go past. But that Trentham track it is even for veteran punters like yourself, Paul. It is a minefield on days like that. It's, you might as well get the dartboard out and just throw a couple of darts and, get, and go with that. It was it was a tough, tough day. So, yeah, yeah anyway, uh, congratulations to what Lisa Ladder, uh, and he's a doozy. Uh, nice win there. Um, biggest bet I can see here, $1,000 each way on he's a doozy at $15. Uh, so, yeah, there were, there were a few punters who did find a couple of diamonds on Saturday. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like you guys weren't, and I wasn't either. Well, it, you know, funnily enough, I actually wasn't, had never bad. Like, I had tipped Mazzolino was my best bet, and Canny Rock was my other best bet. So I've been, I'm actually owed money by um, trackside producers uh, for putting Canny Rock's photo up in the frame. So I'm, I've got to go do some debt collecting after this. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. What about the Black Caps, Paulie? Like they've just kind of floated under the radar in this T Twenty series in India. They've won one, lost one. A punter's been keeping an eye on them. Yeah, they certainly have. Uh, look, they they lost a wee bit of confidence after um, the results of the one day series, uh, but they they're back on again. Uh, I think they do favour them a wee bit more in the shorter form of the game, the T Twenty. Uh, and even though they only just went down. Um, what was it, the second-to-last ball, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took the Indians to rake in that um, modest total. Um, but we, we've got a lot of Indian supporters in New Zealand as well. So the books are always pretty well balanced when it comes to a, a black cap India uh, cricket match, whether that be Test match, One Day International or T20. They're always fairly well balanced because we get quite a bit of action on the Indians as well. So... Yep, um, on to the third one, the decider. Uh, and I'm just having a look at the NFL as we speak. And in the early game, where are we here? Um, what is it? Oh, jeez, just disappeared off my screen. Here, Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals. $1.71, the Chiefs, uh, to win that game. The Bengals, $2.05. Now, I tell you, we've taken around about 65% of the turnover on that head-to-head market. Is on the outside is the Cincinnati Bengals. So there, there are a number of punters out there who aren't confident that Patrick Mahomes will be able to get the job done and, and whether or not his ankle will stand up to the rigours of that big AFC championship matchup. So money on the Bengals to beat the Chiefs in that game and then the, uh, uh, the earlier game, the first game, which starts, what, in around half an hour's time, the Philadelphia Eagles, $1.64. San Francisco 49ers, $2.27. Uh, almost twice as much money in the head-to-head market on the Eagles at $1.64 than we've had on the 49ers at two twenty-seven. The boys have got any number of power plays 
on both matches. And, of course, it's a bonus back promotion on both of those conference finals as well. I just head to the TAB website to check out all the T's and C's. And I can see a boosted market right now that punters have been getting stuck into. George Kittle uh, to score a touchdown and the 49ers to win. That's paying $6. That has been very, very popular. And the boosted odds market on the um, uh, AFC uh, championship game is Jamar Chase and Travis Kelsey, uh, both to score a touchdown. Uh, that was 380, now up to 450. That also has seen a fair amount of action. Beautiful stuff, Paulie. Gee, that's detailed for a Monday morning. This is when you're at your sharpest. I think I've, uh, I've cottoned on to that. That is Paul Mawadi, tab.co.nz. R18 Gamble responsibly. Give me a couple of updates. I've just done some checking. Ryan Fox... He's in. He's a chance. He is a chance in the Dubai Desert Classic. They have just finished the third round. He's in a tie for eleventh. He's only five shots off Rory McIlroy at fifteen under. He sits at uh, ten under. He's just had a huge third round. This is seven and a half million euro. Wow. Yeah. And I, like like uh, as he said, he's not too far away from a big one, Ryan. He's uh, when he's on, like as we saw late last year, when he's on. Uh, here come here come flying. Rory McIlroy though has come back out of the woodwork. Oh, he, he, look! If he can't break his duck to win a major, there's so, like he's cursed. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got some live toward curse on him. <laughs> I like look. I like Rory McIlroy. I think um, I think he'll he will break it. But you know he's been up up and uh, thereabouts for a while now. He just can't get it across the line. And his um his his good friend, his close personal friend, his confidant is um. You'd have to say he would be the best man at his wedding. Patrick Reed uh, is only four shorts behind Rory McIlroy, so they, uh, there's a little bit of tension there at the top of the leaderboard. Rightio, it is half past eight for us. Ryan Fox, all that money's winning. He could be down here at Caraca buying horses, I reckon. We are going to catch up with David Allison. Maybe he could get a share in a Tiakao horse before he's done just after this, but also we must get our choices flooring poll results and some sports headlines. Remember, we're here with Westbury Stud. It's all about success with Tarzino and Westbury. Here are Aroha's news lines with Kubota, building and shaping the future. Gullah's fueling your mission all year round. Let's pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz and maybe a warm pie to warm you up on this wet and wild January 30th of the month. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, it's Kempi and Louie here out at New Zealand Bloodstock's Karaka Complex. Kempi, can't wait to go sit down there in the mm. St. Patrick Hoden Auditorium. Lights are on. It Get is. It already. You can smell it. You can smell the, the dollars, the Melbourne green Cup notes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ink not even drying on these sick days. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. Get the paddles out. Come on. Well, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to be DC there? 625, yep. 630, yep. Oh. I um one of the early times I was here, I was sitting by the tunnel, and I thought that there was someone near me that was that must have been going because they were kind of pointing my way, and then that person got up and left, and they still kept going my way. <laughs> the, the auctioneer still kept going, and I like the person I thought that got up against, and I was like, <laughs> what a horrible feeling! Like the sinking feeling. Like we're talking like it, I was in there because it was like a blockbuster. We were like into the four hundreds. And I was like, like, this sinking feeling came across me. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, the I went like, put, your head. put my hands no. in my pockets and just looked at the... And then I was like, I just sat still. I was looking at my feet, hands in my pockets, like sitting still. And it was still going on. I was like, it can't be me. It can't be me. And I got up and like, just like, 
quiver it away, and then sure enough, there was someone down the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, they're looking straight past you. I'll tell you what, it's a horrible feeling. I'll tell you a story about that. Not about horses, but when I was 16, I moved to Wellington to play rugby league. And uh, I gave my girlfriend the, you know, she wanted to buy a sofa bed. We had nowhere to sleep, so she went to an auction. And uh, I walked in and the house at the end of work that day and looked at it and there's a sofa bed. And it was probably worth 50 bucks. And I said, well, that's awesome. What'd you pay for that? She went $500. And I was like, like $500, mate. That was like two weeks wages. And I'm like, that thing's worth 50 bucks. And she goes, nah, but someone someone kept bidding on it. I went, did you see them? She went, no. But every time they went 50, 60, and I just kept putting my hand up. And they just kept going until I got the $500. And I'm like... Oh, yeah, this last time you're buying anything from auction. You know, they, she was betting against the auction house. Was she betting against David Ellis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dead. That sofa bed. Oh. I hope it got some. I hope it got some action. Got, he got, yeah, got, got a couple, Got a bit of a workout. <laughs> right. Let's get some sports headlines. Ah, yes, very, very good. Can't wait to the bidding starts today. Sports headlines with Gull. Uh, now, this is an interesting one. Dana White, well, he's been in the news a lot. He loves himself. He's announced the rematch between, between our champion, Israel Adesanya, and Alex Pereira. Next How up, good. April 8th, UFC 287. Here's the lineup. In the main event, middleweight champion, new middleweight champion, Alex Pereira puts his title on the line in his rematch against former champ Israel Adesanya. Ooh-wee. Are you back in your band? Well, I had to think about it. You know, when it came out on the weekend, I was like, well, yep, this is one A-neeps that we have to watch. And yeah, must watch, the first thing that You know you know when you when you know someone's got it over you and you just can't... It's like I'm talking about my brother playing tennis. And you know you're not going to beat him. You know, he's always got that forehand that just goes to the other side and he's going to smash it down the line and you're never going to get the ball. Well, I got a funny feeling... Adesanya's never going to get him. Ooh, I just think he's got take, the wood. Kimpy. I just think that. Well, I don't know if it is a hot take. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people would agree with that. I, like you're right. There's just a, and it might be it, like the boog, the like the the boogeyman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is this the boogeyman who just can't get? I love it. I love it, Kimpy. Good take. Uh, Michael Bracewell. Yes, the Black Caps have gone down only the second to last ball against India overnight, and he spoke about how tough it is scoring runs on a wicket of that nature. Yeah, I think it was it was obviously a turning wicket out there. So, yeah, to um, to go out there and and score freely was difficult. So, I think both both teams showed that the spinners bowled really well and and made it difficult to score. And I think not not having a six scored in the game is probably a reflection of that. And yeah, it was it was not an easy wicket to bat on. And um, yeah, it's it's one of those games. that was a very exciting game, but probably a little bit different to the normal 2020 that we expect. I think that's an understatement, a very, very unique T20, but that's what you can get over there right now. It's time to get to your Choices Flooring poll. Uh, start this year off in style with the Choices Flooring New Year's carpet sale. Glad and appreciate all of the input on this one because it was a good weekend of sport. It was a tough weekend out in the community, but with some cheering up, what was the best feel-good story? Was it the Breakers win and playoff spot? Was it Zoe Sadowski's sin? It's gold and silver. Was it the double gold for our sevens teams in Sydney? Or was it Ryan Fox getting the seven and being in contention? And you have said, with 38% of the vote, it was Ryan Fox ahead of the double gold at the sevens 
and then the breakers winning four very good heartwarming stories to kick you into your week and we're going to need it and we're thinking of everybody around the country that's been displaced and still copping some nasty weather as well as new zealand bloodstock because it's not easy selling horses in these conditions after this well it's never hard for him he just sits there and winks away DC, David Ellis, he'll tell us about the Savabeel colt he's bought and what else he got up to on day one of the New Zealand Bloodstock Caracas sales. We're here with Westbury star Tarzino. They're going to have a big day today and tomorrow. Keep your eyes peeled and go see them at Barnsley. Live here, thanks to Westbury Stud, at the beautiful New Zealand Bloodstock sales complex. Uh, just a stone's throw from the NZB Sir Patrick Hogan Auditorium and I just walked over there Kempe and they were just shining the rails up making it look absolutely pristine and it's funny because you think that with these horses you don't take any second chances you don't take any second chances they make sure they are delivered to a tee prepared to a tee because one little thing can throw a buyer off oh and they and and they are looking to you know what I mean they're looking for uh reasons not to buy horses just as much as reasons to buy them so you know having the lights at the right shining at the right spot, having the walk-in, the, the parade. It's, it's, it's such a big event, you know, over the, over the, over the month. And uh, look at all the people that come, come along here. You'll see some, f- some famous people here. What, a, what about, I'm just looking at a photo here of Dave Ellis from Tiaka. And Uncle Willie. got un- Uncle Winston Peters in absolute <laughs> stitches. Uh, he's on the line with us now. I super appreciate his time. He's very busy at the moment. Dave, how was Winston Peters? Was he in good form? Yeah, I thought it was really good to see him out at the sale supporting us. And uh, he was with a former Deputy Prime Minister, Don McKinnon. And um, Don... Uh, used to come to the races quite, you know, on a regular basis. And, um, you know, he was also Secretary General of the Commonwealth when he retired from politics. So it's great to see them both out there. Yeah, and, of course, Lady McKinnon, Claire, uh, she's got a keen interest in racing as well. Don't they? They are great racing people, Dave. Hey, it was good to see you on the coverage yesterday getting involved. Uh, good to break the duck and... Um, some beautiful horses came through. What was your impression of the overall day of uh, selling and buying? Well, I thought the sale was, it started off, you know, with a pass mark. Um, and uh, I think that it'll probably get a bit stronger today and tomorrow. Uh, these yeah. sales normally take a little while for the owners and the vendors to get their reserves rice and uh, and for the, the buyers to get their eye in. But overall, I thought it was very successful. Well, you got your eyes straight in there, David, with that Savabeel Colt out of Bayrock. It was an absolute ripper. What sort of horse do you think it would be? What, what, have you got, what have you got for us? Uh, well, that, that, that um, Colt cost 625000 Well, when you consider that he's a full sister... To a very good horse, um, his full sister in, in Sydney is doing extremely well, and um, he's out of a fast net rock mare, and the mother is a full sister to Merchant Navy. You know, this is pedigrees of the highest order, and you can um, stand these sort of horses at stud once they've won a, a, a few group races, and uh, so I thought the future for a horse like that was pretty exciting. Then we bought another Savaville Colt, lot 107 for 340,000. Uh, he's got um, 
a terrific pedigree too. Um, and um, we're just excited having these horses come to Tiaki to be trained. So on your Twitter page, and I, I think, oh, you know, JR, Julia Rose does a superb job, does, as does Karen, keeping everybody updated on your social media pages, DC. I don't know how often you're on Twitter, but the rest of us see a, a hell of a lot up there. We've got the horses that say available after day one. How does it work with Tiako? Because I'm sure you put some stallion syndicates together or Philly syndicates together with some of your clients, your long-term clients. But for the most part, if somebody sees you buy a horse, uh, are, they, are you then entitled to come to you and say, hey, I wouldn't mind a share in this? Absolutely. Yesterday we had people that came to us and they, one person bought a horse outright. Other people take 20% share in a horse. Other people take 10, some people take 5, and they're all to be made to feel very welcome at Tiakia. Yeah, and I, I think today in, in particular, as the selling heats up, you'll have your eye in. You don't want to tip us off to anything you want too early, but can you just tell us, are there any sires that you, you're circling or you've been really impressed with when you've been around the ground, DC? Yeah, we, we, we've been impressed with the progeny of Super Seat. Um, Stavabeel, um, Embellish, uh, there's some lovely yearlings by Embellish um, out at the sale, and um, there's um, a, a, some nice contributors, and then we bought this Ardrossan colt, mm. uh, I think there's uh, a good chance of running in the race next year. Lot one 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 and Ardross and Colt that we paid one hundred and ninety four, so a ten percent share, and that's only nineteen thousand. Five percent's only eight thousand. So everybody can get in and have a horse if they want to be involved. I, I thought that Ardross and might have been one of the lookers of the day, and at a quite a reasonable-ish price as well. Um, and obviously he's got up and gone straight away with Codigo winning the Wakefield Challenge, DC. So we'll let you crack on because no doubt you need a big brekkie and then you need to get your, your nose back in the form book. And we'll see you down here in your same place. And if anybody sees you around, they can come say g'day. Of course they can, Louis. We welcome people coming up and having a chat and um, and getting involved in the Tiakau team. And all our details are on our website. And I'll all be right. there too, Louis. Come and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Karen. Hello, no, Karen. Got a two for one deal. <laughs> Good work, Karen. Right, Kaz just sitting there, just coming over the top. Gee, you've given me the fright of my life. Know, there, we know who wears the pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. There you go. Karen Fentanellis coming. Swinging arm over the top to finish DC off. Beautiful stuff. We'll see Tiakau back down here uh, Look, looking to be um, active as they always are. It's a, a busy time of year. It's a very important time of year for them. And, Kempe, like you know how hard it is to get a horse to the races. What about winning seven crackabillions in a row? Oh, I tell you, and there'll be, there'll be a lot of people wanting to um, get, grab a share off DC and, and Karen. You know, Karen walking around with all the... The winners this year, just skinning in the photos, and you're dead right. Go up and have a chat to them. They're good people. But that's the, that's the racing game, Louis. It that's is why we're here. They're all good people, and they're all here to, uh, I guess, kick it back off again. It's been really quiet the last three years, Louis, and uh, to be back out here and see everyone, you know, preparation. Like we've been here since, what, 5 o'clock? And, and it we were late. Been, and it has been going since, you know, 
since the, since the crack of dawn. So it start, kicks off 11 o'clock, doesn't it? First slots go through? Yeah, just before 11. And you're right. As a rule of thumb, you couldn't approach someone on this campus here today at Karaka and get your head bitten off. Unless no, you, get, unless you come at the worst possible time. But, and like they're about to put a bit on. But, <laughs> I've also done that. Uh, but for the rule of thumb, it's just the racing community is just a community. And um, look, in a, in a time and a weekend when people have been um, thrown around a wee bit by some factors outside anybody's. It's just nice to be out here. It's a comfortable place. It's a beautiful place. So if we see you, if you see us, come say g'day and, and come pop up to the Tullock Cafe and say g'day to Gareth or um, Staffy, Kimpy, myself. We'd love to see you around. And, of course, we are here with Westbury Start. It's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury. They've been big supporters of ours, as has Tiako and, of course, Ballymore as well. Caught up with some great people today. And after this, we're going to wrap it all up with the doyen, Ian Smith. It's been a big morning today, Kempi, out here at New Zealand Bloodstock's Karaka campus. A bit of a vibe, a very wet vibe, but the horses still look pretty. Yeah, they do, and they're uh, they're getting geared up to come in, and I know Smithy will have his eyes on a few down here. Hey, Smithy, what can we go do today? I've got a paddle with your name on it. There's a couple of Tarzinos going through. Maybe a Saber Bill. We, we, we like one called Dagger Bill. Do you want us to have a crack at one for you? <laughs> a Dagger Bill. <laughs> I like that. That's an interesting name. Uh, no, to be perfectly honest, I've got my spies up there, Kempi. I've got, I've got my, my people uh, on the go up there, so I'll be getting a call or two throughout the day. Uh, but I'm not expecting to, to make a purchase today, uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, unless I get a call. So um, I'll be watching yeah. it, though. I can watch it uh, on, of course, Sky Sport. I think it's 263. Um, yep. I'll be watching it on, so I can watch them march on through there and, and stay dry in the process, eh? Been pretty yeah. wet up there. <laughs> It's been nightmares for the end. You're probably more like me, more of a book two slash book three online operator. Just um, <laughs> right ha- ha- humble right there, men from the regions. Um, but that's all right. There are, there's something for everybody here, and that's why we absolutely love it, mate. Hey, yeah. Mm. Gee, you, you don't see too many T20 scores like we saw overnight with the Black Caps in here. They only chased it down with a ball to go. A crazy game, mate. 14 boundaries, not one six hit. Um, you know, and a very unusual game, but not what uh, the game was designed for. And a game where New Zealand bowled 17 overs of spin out of 20. New wow. Zealand bowled 17 overs of spin out of 20. I mean, what kind of minefield was it? So we'll talk about that with uh, Ronnie Hera very shortly. He's uh, quite controversial. He might have a view or two on <laughs> on uh, the way our white ball cricket is going. Sounds like Kimpy. Cut it out. <laughs> you think so? You think so? A mini Kimpy. You are Kimpy bowl. We buy some good leg spin, don't you? I do. I am a spin bowler. Yep, around the wicket and like coming, coming straight at you and jamming you right up there, Smithy. You know, just a nice little economical. Catch. Very economical. Well, I'm surprised to hear that you bowl around the wicket, Kimpy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you're going with that one, Smithy. But what else have you got on today, mate? <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Uh, we shall go to the breakers at 9.30 and talk to Sam Timmons as well. Um, and uh, Louise Fleming, of course, uh, former Aussie tennis pro, has been commentating uh, throughout the last fortnight. Uh, she'll give a wrap-up for us on the Australian Open. Uh, we've got, uh, and Ronnie here, of course, as I talked to before, and I'll be speaking to uh, Louis Herman Watt uh, a little later in the show. He probably does not realise that, about um, <laughs> about uh, what's happening out at uh, the Caracas sale. So... All Stay right, out of the, uh, t- go to the Tiakau <laughs> t- have some breakfast and come back.
for you, Smithy, I'll take the champagne breakfast easy. I only, only find one <laughs> bottle of Dom before midday. Now I got to go home. I promised Shannon I'd come home today. I can't sleep in one of these boxes. Smithy, it's been a pleasure. Kempi, it's been a pleasure. Love Stay that. around with SCNZ all day out here at the beautiful Karaka, New Zealand Bloodsuck. Let's go.